0: Good morning, and peace be with you. Welcome everybody here today, and we're grateful to have um, special music and music guests uh, this morning. And so uh, I just want to tell you how thankful that we are to have our brothers and sisters from King of Glory over here to bless us and worship with us as we sing praises to a, a loving God, a God that is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the cornerstone and the capstone, right, Bob? Gotcha. Um, I am so grateful for many things. I've told people that this is my favorite part of the church or this is, I got lots of favorite parts. And one of them is our men's group. And these guys come together and cause me to be a better pastor. Probably a better husband, a better friend, better in in all ways. And we get these great conversations going. And yesterday, one of them was, um, because we have people with construction backgrounds, there was a reference to Jesus being the cornerstone that was rejected and being the capstone. And so it was, well, which is it? Because they're quite different. We all know that, right? You know, once you start the building from the cornerstone, and at the end of the building, that, that ties it all together is the capstone. Well, one of the things I'm thankful about for being a pastor is this, and I didn't, this isn't original for me, but another pastor said, I am personally very thankful that it is not the job of the pastor to explain the unexplainable, but for us in childlike trust and believing faith to acknowledge when we do not know, we still know that God. He knows it all. So that is a convenient out for, uh, for me. Um, and, I, and you've heard me say, I don't know, I'll look into it. But what we came up with, the cornerstone capstone, was these, the alpha, the beginning, and the omega, the end. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it is the foundation by which our uh, faith stands. And at this church, you're not going to get on a Sunday seven steps to a better prayer life. You're not going to get uh, any kind of a feel-good TED talk. What you're going to get is at this church, and the members here will be able to say it, we preach Christ and him crucified. Amen. Okay, I don't hear very good, so you probably all were saying that, and I just heard, but Christ and him crucified. That's the simple truth and the simplicity of the gospel, and that's what you will hear today. So we do have some more announcements. I think uh, Ed uh, invites you up to let us know all the things that are needful. Thank you.
1: I was just testing him, law and gospel, you know we are making him a better pastor though <laughs> Christ crucified. Welcome all, and good morning. Um, my job is to acquaint you with some of the highlights that goes on here at Reformation Lutheran Church, and we have different council members that do this uh, uh, rotating basis. I was fortunate to draw the straw this week we uh, Always have a mission every month because it's important to support many missions in our communities. Uh, This month, we are going to be our mission is to help uh, with our sister church, Victory Outreach, to bless the men's home. So the collections taken for missions this month will go to Victory Outreach for the men's home. We have a sit and be fit also on Tuesdays that's uh, been going on for some time for seniors and many people like to come at 10 o'clock on Tuesday to uh, participate and all are welcome. You don't have to be from this church, we get other people from all around coming for this. Pastor talked about a men's Bible study uh, Roger brings the donuts, so we get good attendance uh, at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, so I just want you to know, anybody is welcome to attend the men's Bible study here every Saturday. Um, the other thing uh, of importance to note is that we will have in the uh, Peggy Jones Memorial on Friday, July twenty-first at eleven o'clock. Uh, to uh, so please, if you can make it on Friday at eleven. Uh, I'm sure the family would love to see you, and we get to uh, pay our uh, respects again to uh, for Peggy and, of course, her husband, D, who passed away just a few months ago. So those are the highlights, except for the VBS. I didn't mention that. Um, my wife tells me that they have a very good time at VBS on Tuesdays. It's a combination uh, vacation Bible school for adults. They even have crafts. It looks like kids made some of the crafts, but they have a good time. <laughs> so all are welcome for that. There's two more weeks remaining on that, but we always have a good uh, Bible study also on Tuesdays, and we combine that with the uh, VBS for adults. That's all I have to say. Everyone enjoy themselves, and we'll praise the Lord together.
0: Um, For those that are are new here, we have our uh, service outlined in the bulletin, but we also follow along with the um, uh, setting number two of the divine service on page 78 of the Green Book, if you want to follow through with that as well. In our opening hymn this morning, we are grateful for uh, I Love to Tell a Story on page 390. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, Is the feast of victory for our God? Alleluia. Glory. pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, your mercy attends us all our days. Be our strength and support amid the wearisome changes of this world. And at life's end, grant us your promised rest and the full joys of your salvation through Jesus Christ, Your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
3: Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verses 9 through 12, and can be found on page 1480 in the Pew Bible. Here, Zechariah predicts the triumphant return of Jesus riding into Jerusalem more than 500 years before it happened. Zechariah 9, 9 through 12. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. We'll read Psalm 145, verses 1 through 14 responsibly, and it's printed on page 6 in your bulletin. This psalm from David speaks of a time that will come when all people will join together in recognizing and, and worshiping God. Psalm 145, one through 14. I will exalt you, my God and the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will will mediate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate slow to anger and rich in love the lord is good to all he has compassion on all he has made all your works praise you lord your faithful people extol you they tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and the faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fail. Oh. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter seven, verses 14 through 25, and can be found on page 1756 in the Pew Bible. Paul writes of his struggles with sinful desires and the three lessons he learned in trying to deal with them. Romans 7:14 through 25. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do I do not do, but what I hate I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have a desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me,
0: gospel according to St. Matthew from the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel this morning comes from St. Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 through 30, and can be found on page 1513 of your Pew Bible. Matthew records, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden In the name of Jesus. You know, just because you don't believe it, that doesn't mean that it is not true. For example, when President Kennedy was assassinated, many first heard the news out on the school playground. Students came to tell each other of the news. And some thought that these students were trying to play some sort of a very cruel prank. Some didn't believe a word of it. And even so, a few days later, those students were gathered together in the classroom watching the funeral of John F. Kennedy. Many didn't believe it when they heard it, but it was the truth nonetheless. And just because you do believe it, well, that doesn't mean that it's true. You know, about once a week, I receive a piece of information, either text or in my email box. And that information uh, tells me that, uh, oh, it's really good news, that an Ethiopian prince wants to share his inheritance with me. <laughs> oh, You've you got that same one. Well, all I have to do is give him my bank account information and passwords, and we're co-heirs. And additionally, apparently, I just won the Canadian lottery. Yay me. And there is somebody that is always trying to get a hold of me regarding a warranty on a car that I've never owned. And did you know, did you hear this, that Bill Gates and Microsoft are wanting to send me a check and all I have to do is provide them with your email addresses you can thank me later all of these email messages and thousands of others like them are false and despite this fact millions of internet users all over the world they continue to forward these emails to their friends because they think they are true and people often make the mistake, the same mistake in their spiritual lives as well. It's heartbreaking, but I have often heard many people say something like this. Quotes, air quotes. When I think of God, I see an all-inclusive God who just loves everyone. I just can't accept a God who judges and condemns something as old-fashioned as sin. No, my God is different. There's also an anonymous philosopher. Anonymous wrote a lot of things. And he said this, On the sixth day, God created man. And on the seventh day, man returned the favor. People have used God's gifts of knowledge and wisdom to come up with all kinds of custom designer gods. Roger, we talked about this just yesterday, the philosophies of this world, right? There are people in this world who believe that the proper application of reason can discover the true God. But when... Reason turns up a variety of different gods. They just simply say this, that God means different things to different people. And any person's concept of God is legitimate for that person. And when such people hear about the true God, they often refuse to believe. Why? Well, because the true God doesn't match their personal image of God, God created in their own image. They fall prey to the false idea that just because they don't like the God of the Bible, well, he doesn't exist. And Jesus dealt with the same kind of thoughts in his day. Jesus declared this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. The wise and understanding that Jesus speaks of are those who use their wisdom and their understanding to create their own designer God and then refuse to believe the true God when he stands before them in the person of Jesus Christ. And such people may not realize it, but by making their God conform to their wisdom and understanding, they are placing themselves over their God. They are making themselves into their, their God's boss. This is a problem. This is a problem that mankind has had ever since Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Now, Jesus contrasted those who are wise and understanding in the world's eyes with those who are like little children in the world's eyes. And the Greek word that is translated as little children can also mean those who think like children. Now this is, be careful here, listen carefully, that does not mean that these are those who are childish, but those who are childlike. Such people realize that their wisdom and understanding aren't that great. They're humble. They understand that any God that conforms to the wisdom and understanding of any mere human being can't really be much of a God. And Jesus declared this. He said, No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him With these words, Jesus tells us that no one can know anything specific about God unless God reveals it to him. And more specifically, God the Father and God the Son have a natural knowledge of each other. The only way for anyone who is not God To know the true God is for Jesus, the Son of God, to reveal this knowledge to him. As Jesus told Thomas and the other disciples in John 14, he said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. Jesus alone is the only one who is God and man. And Jesus alone is the only one who reveals God to man. So, what does Jesus reveal to us about God? Well, Jesus continued his statements with these words. He said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And here we learn, he reveals that God wants to relieve us of our burdens and give us rest. When God created the world, work was a joy. It was always fulfilling. And Adam and Eve could go to sleep at the end of the day knowing that their work was pleasing in God's sight. And that all changed. That all changed when Adam and Eve sinned and work became a burden. Today, even those who really enjoy their work have days of frustration. For most people, work is a necessary evil that puts food on the table, clothes on a back, and a roof over the head. And for some, it is something to avoid at all costs if possible. And the real burden, though, is something much worse than the frustration of an unfulfilling job. It is the knowledge that no matter what we do, it is never good enough. It is the knowledge that we have so many sins that we don't even know about most of them. It is the terror of eternal punishment that sin deserves. It is the terrible realization that no amount of labor on our part can set us free From the burden of this punishment. And when Jesus reveals God, well he reveals him as one who invites those who suffer under the burden of their sin to come to him for rest. Only Jesus, only Jesus can relieve us of our burdens and give us rest from our sin and from our guilt. For Jesus is the only one who is and was worthy enough to take our burden of sin from us. It is only Jesus who walked this earth in perfection. And therefore, only Jesus can lift the labor and burden of sins from us and place them upon himself. He is the only one who could carry our burden with his labor of suffering and death on the cross. He is he who carried our sin burden to the grave even as he was buried. He is he who left our sin burden buried forever with his resurrection from the dead. This, this is the God who Jesus reveals to us. The one true God who wishes to relieve us of our burden of sin and replace it with his rest. So, how do we here in the 21st century receive the gifts of rest that Jesus reveals to us and earned for us. How do we receive it? Well, his words, his words connect us to him. His words still reveal the God who wants to relieve us of our burden. His words still reveal the God who wants to give us rest. As Jesus' word reveal true God to us, the Holy Spirit uses those words to create faith. Faith in us. It is this gift of faith that trusts in Jesus only, that receives the true rest of the forgiveness of sins. It is through this gift of faith that the Holy Spirit gives us all of God's good gifts. Jesus Christ offers himself to us in his word and in his sacrament. He is the only word that reveals God to us. His word is the only word that removes the burden of sin and replaces it with the rest of righteousness. His word is the only word through which the Holy Spirit works faith. His word is an open invitation to all men to find their temporal and eternal rest in the God-man, Jesus the Christ. Please stand if you're able. Let us all now together confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
4: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus to thank you for your loving care, for your faithfulness, and your forgiveness. Jesus, I pray that you would be with each person here and that we would feel your loving presence. Holy Father, I pray that you would bless us and strengthen us to do all that you have called us to do. And may all that we do, say, and think bring you glory and honor. Father, I pray that the desires of our hearts would be to be in relationship with you, to obey you. Father, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit so that we do your will and not our own. Help us be a light in this dark world. Help us to have compassion for one another and to clothe ourselves with humility, to be tender-hearted and loving like you are. Help us not return evil for evil, but instead to seek peace. Let our minds and thoughts be fixed on you. Father, we pray that you would be with and watch over those who are sick, those in pain, those who are drawing near to death, those who are alone, widows and widowers. We need you, Lord. We ask for your healing to touch our lives. And even if healing doesn't happen the way that we hope, if we don't get our way, we still trust you. You are our God, and we surrender our lives to you. Lord, we lift up those who struggle financially and those who are homeless, hungry. We ask that you would provide hope and shelter and jobs to those who are lost and displaced. Father, we lift up those who struggle with addictions, with fear, those who are abused, and ask that you would intervene by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we lift up our unsaved loved ones to you and ask that you would send Christians across their paths that they would listen to so that they would know your saving grace. Father, we pray that you would protect the sanctity of marriage the way that you created it to be. Get rid of the enemy's scheme to distort your image. We pray that you would protect the lives of babies in the womb and children who are being taught things contrary to your word and truth. Father, we lift up all who mourn the loss of their loved ones and ask for your unfailing love to comfort. Jesus, you told us to give you our burdens because you care for us and you long to give us rest. Help us to remember that you are faithful and are always with us. We pray that you would expose the lies of the enemy as he attacks so that none of us would be deceived. Let the power of your truth be more real to us than what the world says. We pray that you would cast out fear and anxiety and anger and replace it with your peace that transcends all understanding. Help us appreciate and be grateful for each day that you have given us and not take for granted any of your blessings. Heavenly Father, we lift up Pastor Ken and his family, our church council members, the Reamers, the Fries, the Schaffers, the Bices, the Liebergs, the Becks, and all who worship here and serve your church. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. And by his glorious resurrection, he opened up to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins do this in remembrance of me for we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death his resurrection and his glorious coming again let us now together pray the prayer that Jesus gave to us forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. His body, broken His blood, shed for us, for those who would believe in Him, for the forgiveness of sins. It is a means of grace. Grace that comes through simple elements, but through His Word, your faith, the Holy Spirit, and it works that means of grace that, that is like your own personal Passover. Everything is washed away from the inside out. If that's your confession, and I heard you confess him as Lord and Savior, then come, the table is prepared. And if it's easier for you to stay seated, there are several that I bring table side service to and it is my great pleasure to do it. So um, if you stay seating, uh, the usher will will alert me, I'll probably notice and we'll come and take care of you after uh, everyone uh, has been served here. Come, the table is prepared. now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we are blessed to have a closing hymn, I Believe. Thank you all.
5: I believe for every drop of rain that falls a flower grows. I believe that somewhere in the darkest night a candle glows. I believe for everyone who goes astray someone will come to show the way. I believe, I believe, I believe above the storm the smallest prayer will still be heard. I believe that someone in the great somewhere hears every word. Every time I hear a newborn baby cry, or touch a leaf, or see the sky, then I know why. Time I hear a newborn baby cry, or touch a leaf, or see the sky.
0: Go in peace and serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you.